This is the Foreign Language Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, John Fotheringham. In today's show, I interview adventure writer, linguist, and martial artist Antonio Graceffo. Antonio is the author of several books, including The Monk from Brooklyn, Adventures in Formosa, and Rediscovering the Khmers. He has also been featured in Black Belt Magazine and is the creator of the web TV show Martial Arts Odyssey. For a transcript and show notes, please go to languagemastery.com. One of the first questions always asked me is, Antonio, are there any tricks uh, to learning foreign languages? And uh, the answer is, the trick to learning foreign language is the same as the trick to learning martial art. You have to just train really, really, really hard all the time, work hard, study all the time. And when I'm doing Chinese, I do five hours a day of sitting and writing characters. When I did German, I did literally something 18 hours a day of reading novels. I used the core novel method. I read novels in German, but they were ones I had already read in English, or I renewed the story in English, and then I read them in German. I remember one of my first ones was Der mit dem Wolftanz, Dances with Wolves, and Dracula. Und, uh, oh, Der Bodyguard, you know, the uh, Kevin Costner movie. I read that in German because I said, well, I already know the story. I'm just going to read, and you don't use a dictionary. You just plow through it. Whatever you don't understand, you just let it go, and you'll understand it next time it comes around, or the time after that, or the time after that. Core novel method is brilliant for building your ability to communicate and function in a foreign language. Uh, it doesn't necessarily build a good translator, the problem being that you reach a point where you completely understood what was said but you can't translate it because those synapses were never developed in your brain that the jump from the foreign language to your native tongue didn't happen instead you develop two native tongues of course you'll never reach native speaker fluency in your in your foreign language but basically it functions like a native tongue and you'll actually have trouble relating it back to your native tongues and uh, I also watched movies constantly in German I watched all again all my favorite TV shows I love Star Trek I love Simpsons. I watched it in German, and that helped me learn German. A lot of people think they'll go hang out with their Chinese friends, and they're somehow learning Chinese by osmosis. You know, an hour of spending time with your friends is equal to about three minutes of study. If you sit down with your book, you're studying very specific vocabulary. That vocabulary is then reflected in your Grammar exercise is reflected in your speaking exercise, is reflected in your listening exercise. And by the time you get through the chapter, you've used each word 25,000 times. You go hang out with your friends, they're talking about a million things. They may not come to the same topic twice, may not come to it quickly enough, and you'll lose it before they come back to it, and you're just not learning as fast. And there's so many people that are proud of the fact that I am among the people. I go out, I hang out with Chinese people, I have Chinese friends. I'm, yeah, okay, 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 you do that for a year, I'm going to study for a year, and we'll compare at the end of the year. There's actually a linguistic theory, which is called listening to Chinese radio, and the theory says if you were locked in a jail cell for 20 years in isolation with the Chinese radio going 20 hours, you know, 24 hours a day, 20 years, you're listening to the radio, listening to the radio, listening, when you came out of the cell, you still wouldn't be able to speak Chinese because you would have no reference for what any of those words meant, you couldn't even begin to learn them, and your brain would very quickly, inside of two to three minutes, would learn to just tune it out. 
and I see it with myself. I, my whole life growing up in New York, I was exposed to Chinese characters. There's so many Chinese characters on any given street in New York City, and you just learn to block them out. If you ask a New Yorker, you go, are there Chinese characters on the street? They would probably say no. Instantly. No, of course not. What are you? It's American. We don't write in Chinese. And then you walk down the street, oh, there's Chinese characters. There's Chinese. You block them out. And I find myself doing that here. Someone will hand me a menu, and I'll go, in Chinese, I'll say, oh, I'm sorry, can you just read the menu to me because I can't read Chinese. And then I'm like, I know how to read Chinese, give me that, you know, and you read it, and you, and you understand it, but you've just blocked it out your whole life. And so we want to avoid blocking out behaviors, and we want to avoid study methods that create blocking out behaviors, and one of the fastest ways to create blocking out behaviors is to hang out with big groups of Chinese people singing karaoke, drinking beer. They're talking a mile a minute, you listen intently for a second, and then your brain gets tired, you turn them out, and then you just get used to tuning them out. And then even when they say something that you know or that you understand, you've already tuned them out. You don't hear it. Now, the only question people ask me about is tones. And the answer is, I am completely unaware of tones. If I am using them, I'm unaware of it. I can't hear them. I can't identify them. When we have exercise, if they go listen to, you know, listen to this and mark the tone, I have no idea. People tend to understand me when I'm talking, so I'd have to guess that I am using tones subconsciously, but I'm unaware of it and I don't hear it. So another strategy, a defense strategy, growing up as a multilingual kid, you've never had a full set of vocabulary in a foreign language. So you've learned to, for example, I was in the hospital in China and I wanted to tell the doctor I was dehydrated, but I didn't know the Chinese words, so I said, last night I went to the toilet 20 times and now there's no water in my body. All right, so I described it, and you've learned to just describe things uh, as a defense mechanism. When I use a word that I know could easily be confused because of my lack of tones, I contextualize it or I use the full sentence where the answer would be appropriate to just give the answer, you know, um, uh, a single word answer, but instead I'll give a whole sentence because that way I want to make sure they understand me. And that's a defense mechanism. That's a good strategy for survival. It's not a good strategy for learning. Because remember, learning, we want to keep growing and doing it correctly. And the problem is, if you're constantly around Chinese people uh, speaking and conversing and surviving, you're never going to develop the appropriate vocabulary, the appropriate skills. And then you go home and you congratulate yourself. Wow, I talked to Chinese people for three hours tonight. I must be great. Like, no, you're not great. You tuned out 70% of what they said. Everything you said, you controlled. You know, you described instead of... Uh, instead of uh, using the appropriate vocabulary. And for people who don't have a lot of Chinese friends who do this infrequently, there's the added thing that they had the same conversation 27 times, and it's not a conversation. It's where do you come from? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Where do you work? You know, what color is your pencil? I don't know. It's a set of questions that they always ask you, and you know how to answer it in Chinese. That's not a conversation. Uh, my German professor used to call that me want cookie syndrome, which is if you say me want cookie, people know what you want and they'll give you a cookie, but it doesn't mean you're saying it correctly. <music> studied ESL, language teaching, um, you studied linguistics, you studied learning. You'll know that there's a lot of factors going to whether or not a student learns. And one of the most powerful forces, if not the most powerful force, is volition, motivation. Does the student want to learn? So people ask me, well, I don't want to spend, you know, five hours a day. What can I do? Well, 
A baby spends, let's say a baby is awake eight hours a day and they're getting almost constant input because you're constantly interacting with your baby, constantly talking to babies. You don't generally leave a baby alone. Um, eight hours a day for two years and that works out to, you know, whatever, 2,000 hours of, of listening or whatever it is. That's what it takes to learn your native tongue. Now, how are you going to learn Chinese? How are you going to learn German? It's a hard language. How are you going to learn that if you don't put in eight hours a day every day for two years? So my goal was, well, I'll put in five hours a day every day for four years. Okay? And that will also work. Two hours a week, well, you can figure that out. You're putting in two hours a week, three, four hours a week. You're doing less in a week than I do in a day. You know, so times seven, it's going to take me four years, it's going to take you 28. Except it doesn't really work that way because one of the things about input is that not only do we have to have the input, the right amount of input, but it has to have timing. In other words, if we, don't have, an, if we have input today and we don't have input again for a week, there's a high probability you're starting from zero again. It takes a, maybe just a week to forget everything. It has to be reinforced every day. All right? So what is the secret again is you just have to put in the hours and you have to do it and it has to be constant and it has to be every minute. And one of the big things I know about my martial arts, one of the things about my, my business uh, when I worked on Wall Street with uh, my language is that I'm constantly rehearsing in my head. Constantly. Something I learned very early on. And my writing too, people say to me, how do you sit down and write a book? I once wrote a whole book in a weekend. On a Thursday, a publisher contacted me and said, do you have a book about blah, blah, blah? I said, yes, I do, which was a lie. I sat down and I wrote it. It was over Easter weekend last year in the Philippines. It was like Thursday, I got the assignment. By Monday or Tuesday, I sent them the book, finished book. How did you do that? Oh, because for eight years, I'm writing this book in my head. And I sat down and put it on paper. And that's what you need to do with your language. You need to be rehearsing it, practicing it, reviewing it in your head. People ask about losing the motivation. They go, yeah, you know, the first couple of weeks I really enjoyed learning. And then, you know, my, my interest petered off or, you know, how do I keep that going? All right. With me, uh, with weight loss, I say to myself, look, I go, I want to eat like a big cake right now. I would love to eat a big cake right now. I'd enjoy eating a big cake right now. But I also hate being fat. I hate having people call me fat. I hate having to feel that I can't take my shirt off or I can't, you know, be in front of people because I'm fat. So that motivates me. The pain of being fat is worse than the pain of not eating that cake. I hate being exposed to Chinese people speaking and I can't understand them when they ask me something or tell me something and I don't understand or when I want to express myself I can't do it I hate that feeling that feeling burns that hurts and studying the extra hour or the extra five hours doesn't hurt anywhere nearly as badly as that so you just have to remind yourself of what the negative consequences are going to be of you not learning it you know when you come to Asia to teach and you've been here two years three years you know, you reach a point where you really reach an expiration date. You're going to go home and try and find a job in the States. And what are you qualified to do? You've been teaching kids at a Bushimon. Well, you're not going to teach kids at a Bushimon in the States. And most people go home because they don't want to teach anymore anyway. So what are you going to do when you get there? In any job you apply for, any spin that you're going to put on your resume and apply for a job, the first question out of their mouth, oh, you spent seven years in China. Can you speak Chinese? And that could be the only viable skill that you're going to acquire here that you can take home with you. Otherwise, you're just going to be a really interesting guy who works at Starbucks.
You know, are you going to be a really disgruntled uh, temp at a company somewhere making photocopies? Yeah, I used to live in China, you know, and you're making photocopies. You know, uh, that's another reason to learn Chinese. You know, think about, think about the pain of not being able to pay your rent. Think about the pain of not being able to pay your car insurance when you go home. Okay? If you are a Chinese translator and you're qualified, you can earn $100 an hour. $100 an hour is pretty good. That's a pretty decent salary. Right now, we're working for less than $100 a day, most of us. You can earn in one hour as a Chinese translator in the States what you earn here for a whole day as a teacher. That could motivate you. Um, for the rest of your life, no matter what happens, you go home, you get a bomb job, you get a wonderful job, you become senator of Michigan, I don't know what you do. Uh, for the rest of your life, you're going to be the guy who lived in Taiwan, and then the, the first question people are going to ask you, do you speak Chinese? And you're going to give them that crap answer that everybody gives. Well, you know, when I was there, I spoke it, and yeah, I could get around. And, so, you know, and I'm like, oh, cool, you don't speak Chinese, you never spoke Chinese, you don't know how to speak Chinese. So why don't you learn Chinese, and don't accept from yourself, don't accept me want cookie. For more language learning tips, tools, and tech, go to languagemastery.com.